Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number seven with our amazing guest today, Dr. Roy Martina, and we are going to continue the conversation. Hi, this is Dr. Roy Martina. You are listening to Heart Cells with Christine Slonsky. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have Dr. Roy Martina back with us today. And this is a very special episode. You know why? Because it is episode 007. I don't know about you, but I have to think of James Bond and his superpowers if I read 007 somewhere. And today we have Dr. Roy Martina with his superpowers on the show again. Let me just give you a little overview about the amazing accomplishments that he has achieved in his life. He's a holistic medical doctor, as well as a world-renowned martial arts world champion, holding the eighth-degree black belt in martial arts as a grandmaster. He has also authored 86 books with numerous bestsellers. He is also a Hay House author and he is a business inner game coach, helping entrepreneurs to become more successful. His goal is to bridge the gap between science and holistic therapies. And his approach is based on combining subconscious neuroprogramming of the brain with strategic intervention coaching principles that increase the self-healing intelligence of the body and also accessing the universal wisdom through channeling. This is just wow. He's been teaching over 30 years and has trained more than 350,000 people all over the world. I am so happy to have him back. Uh, if you haven't um, listened to the last episode, please do so. He's sharing their amazing wisdom. And now we're just going to continue with our conversation. So welcome back, Roy. All right. My pleasure to be back. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, we talked about like the nervousness that came up for you and the signs of the body and that it's still good to have a certain let's say degree of being nervous because that's mm -hmm. a good sign it shows you that you really really care mm -hmm. um so do you um remember when you are in the process of selling when you're in the process of asking for money um mm -hmm. how you felt about it and how you also shifted um the yeah the money belief or the got the courage to actually ask for a price that you really, really wanted. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the beginning, uh, I couldn't do the sales at all. I, I would do the preparation. And uh, we had these weekends also in Germany at the time where we had 1400 people and it was very low cost. Mm -hmm. And then we will present a whole training that would be a more high end at that time, it was between two and 3,000 euros. And um, I had someone come on stage to make the offer because I totally didn't feel comfortable doing it. And also, I had this idea, it goes against my image and my persona. So it was like, that was the beginning. And that worked for a while. But then I, I, I because I'm very, um, let's say, focused on congruency. And, and so I knew I had to work on my congruency to become totally aligned and, and no longer being in this split. Like, you know, you know, you have a good program, but you cannot sell it. 
And, and the main reason for this incongruency is that, number one, we have been conditioned in, especially in, and I believe that this is in many cultures, to never be like, you know, overconfident. You should always be a little humble and, and, and that kind of stuff. And then as a doctor, I was programmed, a doctor doesn't sell himself. I mean, in the United States, it, it's different. But in Europe, you don't go out as a doctor to sell yourself. And, and those were like the things that there were the conflicts inside of me. And, and, and basically, I'm a specialist in um, aligning the subconscious mind with the conscious mind. So, and, and that's also when, when we talk about, for example, like the kickstart, it's about aligning your, your, uh, your conscious wishes and getting your subconscious to work with you so you no longer sabotage yourself. And, and I know for, for sure that my growth is in the places that I feel uncomfortable. That's where my biggest goal, go, growth is. So if I would, and, and I think in general for most people, the biggest growth would be either in starting a business and you have to go through all these processes or to be in a, in a very committed relationship. Those are the two fastest growing ways for humans to develop the soul. Doing yeah. both at the same time might be even very complex. <laughs> well, I mean, you can handle it. You already have put three lines. Right, right, right. But, uh, uh, bio, so. <laughs> but there was a time when it wasn't like that. It was like, like the subconscious mind forces you to focus either on one or the other. You can, you know, those, those are all the process you have to go through. And so then I knew I had to take courses on being becoming a better in sales. And what at the same time, I hated everything about the American way of selling. So when I would go to, let's say, an American workshop, when, it, when they start pushing and then really telling you, you know, you're going to die if you don't follow this course, whatever, your life is going to be miserable, I walk out of the room. You know, it, it yeah. goes against you know, myself. Uh -huh. So I didn't want to become a salesperson like that, like, like someone who's going to tell you how yeah. terrible it is if you don't buy, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was a process to learn. And, and I went to different courses. I went to Lisa Sasevich. I went to Boise and many different things I've done in order to find my way. Everybody's offering you maybe a good formula that works for them and a lot of people. But in that formula, you need to find your own way. And what works for me is a simple change that I did with the sales. I will tell the people, you know, listen, um, who of you are interested right now to find, to find out more how to go a level deeper or to continue this journey in, in a different way? And what I explain to people now is that when you go to a workshop or a lecture or anything else, you get inspired, you get new information. But then when you go back home, life takes over. You know, you get busy again because the next morning when you wake up, you get your duties, your responsibilities yeah. going on and on and on. And as time goes by, you know, as enthusiastic as you were in the workshop, where you were in your heart and you really were vibrating and resonating with whatever you were hearing, as you go into life, you go more into your head. And, and then you have all kinds of arguments. And then you talk to your spouse who was not in the workshop, who were, was not in that vibration, who didn't feel the heart opening. And they all have these cold facts you have to deal with. 
you know, the amount of money it costs, the amount of commitment, and, and all those kind of things. And that's where doubt comes in. And I explain this to people. I, I'm very straightforward to them. I'm offering you this, and, you know, it's up to you if, if you want it or not. And just making that bridge to the sales uh, and, and to explain them that why I'm doing that changed the whole game. It was not anymore you go from teaching to sales. There was a bridge now to going to sales. Yeah. And also I've learned to make them an offer that I say, listen, now you're in your heart. Now you know what it's all about to make it an easy yes. You know, those kind of things. And once you find your natural way of doing that, it, it works much, much better. And one of the things that I really liked with, with the training with Lisa Sasevich was that she she's very keen on bringing people to the hearts to, to really, she would even uh, show a, a, let's say maybe a short movie of, you know, where you really realize that if you don't say yes, that you're letting an opportunity pass that can change your life. And, and what I do is explain a lot about our conditioning in life, that we are being conditioned to, to, to uh, think, act like sheep while we're born to be lions. So, and, and what we want is to awaken the lion again in, in people. And I tell them the story of the sheep and the lion. And this is a, time, a, a chance to jump. It's a quantum jump you're going to make from sheep to lion because it's a process that will benefit you becoming more confident, whatever, or heal yourself, things like that. So you need to find your own way that makes sense for you and your own stories. Because as a therapist and a coach, um, we all have invested in ourselves. We all have invested in our studies. So we are also role models to show that investment in yourself benefits you. And, and if we are open and we share this with, with our clients, some of them will say yes, and always some will say no. You, you can never expect 100% to say yes. Yeah. It is also not important for 100% to say yes. It's for the right people to say yes, the people who, who, sees, who see your value and are willing to make a sacrifice for what you have to value because they have to pay. That's always a sacrifice. And, yeah. and if you can discuss it openly, it takes a lot of the objections out of, of the public when, when you go into sales. The other thing that's important is when we go into sales, all introverts shift gears. It means that the energies shift. Uh -huh. They tell a story with passion uh -huh. because that's the story. And then come sales and then you can feel the energy drop to a level where you can see how uncomfortable they are. And what they're sending out is the opposite. And the trick is to, to practice in a way that you can sell from your enthusiasm. And the way I do it, is not to focus on the money, is to focus on what I'm going to bring to the people, what I can do for them, what um, I can see them already in the future benefiting from what I'm offering. And that is my passion. Yeah. So when I go to, this, to the sales, my focus needs to be not on the money. The money is not important. It needs to be what I'm offering. And if I keep my eyes on that, my energy goes even up when I, I go to the sales. And that's something you need to discover how to do that. But it's possible. And it's always keeping your focus on the outcome and not so much on the sales process. 
you know, and that changes your energy level, that changes your subconscious body language, and, and the energy needs to stay up. And then you need to stop at up. Do not let it go down. Don't go then into the questions in public, but then take, go maybe to a place, say, if you're interested, you have more questions, you know, come to me, talk to me, but do not keep talking because if you keep talking, you can lower the energy again. Mm. And, and so I, I always say you have to stop uh, when on a high, when you're winning and not allow the energy to go down because one negative question can destroy the, the energy. You know, yeah. a, well, a person you yourself from stage, right? So yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, and and I told I totally get that, and uh, you know, my clients come exactly from that space that they realize whenever they make an offer, they mm -hmm. totally shift the energy. They become right. weird, different person, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and they don't know how to deal with it. So that's really great advice. Mm -hmm. Um, so how how do you deal this rejections then? Um, how, what do you do when people say no to you? Okay. I, I love this question because this, this was a life transforming question for me uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and different ways. So number one, when I was a young man, let's say in adolescence and then, you know, get interested into women, we already have to deal with rejection. That's the first <laughs> one. And I was the kind of guy uh, standing against the wall, watching everything. You know, I'm an introvert, but never having the courage to walk up to a girl I like and then ask her for dancing or start a conversation. Until one day, uh, I noticed a guy, and, and this guy was black, and nothing against black. I'm a colored person, too. But he was black and ugly. And, and when I say ugly, I mean ugly. <laughs> it was not a handsome looking guy. And even if he was in a different color, he was still not beautiful, right? So, and this guy was dancing with the most beautiful women all the time. And I was getting more and more jealous. There's one thing I knew, I was not, I'm not, I never saw myself as handsome, but I'm also not ugly. I'm somewhere, I call it gray. I'm not one side or the other. And I had the courage to go up and ask him, you know, how do you deal with rejection? And he said, it's easy. You see, they say no for several reasons. One, they don't know you enough. They don't know who you are. So that's one reason they know. Number two, they, you know, you may be a stranger. They, they've been conditioned not to talk to stranger or whatever. So when someone says no, it doesn't offend me as a person. I understand where the no is coming from. And I'll smile and I'll, you know, I have a conversation. And so they get to know me. And then next time I go to ask them, they will say yes. No, for me, it just makes me stronger. It makes me mm. to go to the next level. Then my second conversation, and this changed my life, by the way, number one. Yeah. And second conversation was when it came to sales. And I heard this story of, um, you know, these people went door to door and they were selling encyclopedias, which I think is horrible. <laughs> 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 but one of the best encyclopedia salesperson told the following story. He said, statistically, I know that 1% of the people buy. So every time I knock on a door and I get a no, I know I'm getting one closer to a yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with the no's. That also changed my life. And yeah. then the, the other thing is when you are selling to customers, not everybody is ready in that moment for several reasons. 
some people will come on the right moment for you. I have had many times that people didn't say yes to that moment, but one year later, six months later, two years later, they come because then something happened in their life and they remember that I could offer them something that, that they didn't have to deal with. So in, in growing up and in, in becoming more spiritual and your personal development, I had to also learn to say no and then to be able to express my boundaries. So if I can express my boundaries, I should respect another person to their boundaries. And sometimes their no is a solid no, because I always speak there are three levels of no. One is solid. The person has made up their mind. There's no way you're going to talk them into anything. No, you respect that. That's a solid no. Then there's a second one, this doubt. It's a maybe, right? And uh, the maybe, and you want to know what's the maybe. Well, maybe it is, I need to first talk to my spouse. Maybe it is, I think you're good for me, but I, you need to answer a few more questions before I can say a yes. I want to know for sure if what you're selling, whatever it is, if it really would work for me, right? So there's a little more convincing to do there. And the other one just wants you to tell them yes. They, they want to come to you and they, they know it's a yes, but they want to hear it from you to say it's good for them. You know, so once you know that, you, you see the different no's, it's, it's a different ball game. And the most important thing is never to take it personal because it's not about you. The only thing you can do is present yourself to the best you can and allow people to make the choice and sometimes help them to make the choice. And, and for me, these stories were the ones that really changed my life in ways that I can only be grateful for having learned how to deal with no, right? It, awesome. It's really important in life and everything. Oh, it, it definitely is. And you said one really, really interesting thing, um, especially in the first story with a perceived ugly guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> he told you that the, the no, he goes back a second time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that you make an offer and then mm -hmm. it's a no and you never talk to the person again. Again, exactly. You have to go back. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really important point to make because if you truly believe that your um, services and products are of the highest service, Mm -hmm. You need to give that person a second chance. Exactly, exactly. Right? So I think exactly. that's a really, really important point that we could add here because those stories are beautiful <laughs> and, um, and so, so helpful um, for, for changing that mindset, for mm. stepping into um, your own sales power, so to speak, exactly. and yeah. for up-leveling that game because if you really believe that your services and products are great, then you want to offer them to the world. Absolutely. And absolutely. There needs to be that energetic exchange as well, because we, we know so often when we get stuff for free or mm. at a really low investment, mm. we don't really take it serious. Absolutely. Yeah, we still live in uh, what we call the Pisces time. In Pisces, we feel we need to sacrifice. We need to... It, uh, for, uh, I always tell people the story, you know, if you would get a million just like that, or you work hard for the million, 
your bank will not know the difference. The bank oh. does not discriminate. <laughs> oh, no, this million was hard work. This million was too easy. The bank doesn't, right? It's the same number. But in our minds, we make the distinction. If it's not with blood, sweat, and tears, it's like it's not worth it. Oh, I love and, it. Right. And now we're shifting to Aquarius. And in Aquarius time, and if you look around us also, technology has become more Aquarius. It's instant. We're living literally in the field of possibilities, in the field of opportunities. And in this field of opportunities, it's become even so more important to send out the right information and also to show that, you know, you're, you're serious about your work. You know, if, if, you're, if you're serious about your work, you go out and do whatever, whatever is necessary. If you really believe what you have to offer is great, you need to go out and tell people about it. And you need to, to learn to deal with a no. And as you said, a one no, yeah, it's one no. But it could be a lack of information. Like, like in last, like what I said, there are three levels to no. It can be a solid no, which could be now, which that no can still change in the future. I have hundreds of patients that came later to me that would not believe in the beginning what anything I have to say, but there comes a point in time where they might change. And that's why we need to keep going out there. We need to become comfortable in the uncomfortableness of putting ourselves out there. And I want to also remind the listeners, this is the greatest spiritual growth you will ever be able to make. Because once you discover your value, and, and that your value is priceless, then it doesn't really matter what you're asking for, for that. You know? And there will be customers for that. The other big, um, I think, mistakes a lot of practitioners and also coaches make is that they have this belief that they uh, should ask low prices because everybody should be able to afford it. And that's not true. It's better to um, increase your prices and then offers the people who cannot pay some sort of a second, uh, I would say like give them a chance or even give them charity, but first you take care of yourself. But mm. if you keep on taking clients who cannot pay, you are actually uh, emptying, you're losing your energy, you're losing your life force. Anybody who tells me that money does not make happy, I will say, well, the opposite is more true that when you don't have money, I can guarantee that most people will be unhappy. Guaranteed. So to a certain level, money does give you a certain level of happiness. It's, we call it comfort zone. And when you are in abundance or affluence, that is the state where you can give back, where you, know, you don't have to worry about making your money anymore and your giving can become more important. And I always had in my practice, a part of giving. That was always there. But I always had also clients who would pay well. And, and, and clients who are rich, I, I charge them more. I, I, because it's a, a way of balancing inequality. You know, especially I was working on the island Curacao, where I'm from, and the inequality is big. And, and so I had to help a lot of poor people. So I had two days where I would focus on people who couldn't pay. Some people would just bring me chickens or you know, they wash my car or take car, care of my garden and the others would pay. So, yeah. But the others would pay more than enough so I could give. And so that was always balanced. And I think that's one of the things we need to know that we have to, to be able to ask money 
and then we can give. But if we don't ask money, we're always depleting our energy. And I think that that's something that's not sustainable in the long run. Yeah. Wow. One, wonderful. And it's so, so true. And also, you know, if people see themselves as not being a salesperson, they make the decision themselves. They mm -hmm. can decide how they want to be. And it's a beautiful story you just shared with your practice. You decided to work more or less two days for free and just mm -hmm. you know, charging what people could give. But on the other hand, you made sure that you were taken care of as well. Exactly. So yeah. it was your decision and everybody that has their own business can make these decisions themselves. Mm -hmm. Of course. And, and, but most importantly, uh, we have so much confusion about certain things like uh, is it okay to charge a certain amount of money uh, my rule is very simple if i move to a new country and i move many times to new countries i will always check what are the people in my range in my field charging and they always charge double that's my first rule always charge double what other people charge and what happens is that you become more successful because people wonder why are you charging double you must be better than the rest Hmm. It's just a psychology thing. So they come, and I've taught this to many, many, many doctors and therapists. I even had a very famous doctor in Germany. His name was Dr. Helmut Schimmel, and he had invented this thing called Vega Test. And he was a worldwide phenomenon. He was one of my master teachers and all of that. He was using this machine to make diagnosis and find the right therapy. But he was charging in his private practice At that time, it was like 60 German mark for, for a consultation of an hour. And then I became friends and a consultant. I said, you are Dr. Helmut Schimmel. You should uh, charge 10 times more. And he would say, but nobody would come. I said, trust me, charge 10 times more, but see less people, you know, have a better life. And he did. And it, the amazing thing happened that he had a waiting list of two years Then he trained his son and he, his son helped him. And it was a great thing. It, the opposite happened. And there's a famous story of a, a doctor, a holistic doctor, homeopath in England. Same thing. Every time he doubled his price, he got more clients. Wow. So that's, that's something we need to remember as well. Yeah, so people rethink your prices and okay. especially rethink your value, right? You can only exactly. do that when you provide the value and when you believe in your product and have the right energy behind it. So if you want to kickstart your year with amazing success, you want to check out um, the wonderful course uh, program that uh, Dr. Roy is offering. It's at crystalline.com. And I also have linked uh, this in the show notes. So hop on over to christineschlansky.com slash podcast and check out all the resources. Thank you so much for being here and sharing these amazing stories and your wisdom with uh, the audience. And yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Wow, gorgeous. That is quite some wisdom that Dr. Roy Martina shared with us today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast Heart Cells and you share it with your friends and business partners so they can also tune in to amazing wisdom of world-class entrepreneurs that have just remarkable stories to share with us. 
For all the details, just hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. You will find the show notes. You will find a transcript and also a section where I list all the resources that we are talking about here in the podcast. And yeah, just have fun and tune in for the next time. Have an amazing day and bye for now.